Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I see some new guests. What do we say to our guests today? We're so glad that you're here. And you came on a perfect day because we're in part two of our series, More Than Enough. You know that in God's kingdom, there's more than enough? That God will take care of all of our needs according to his riches. Amen? And so uh, we, are, we're, we are talking about money. We're talking about tithing. We're talking about giving. And I, it's, it's interesting because I was racking my mind this morning. I've been here about eight years at New Hope Church. And this is about the third, second or third series I've done on tithing. Isn't that awesome? Only two or three? Come on, Pastor Landon. But you know what? We have such a generous church. And I've been at churches where pastors will do this when they're in need of fun, funds or money. This has nothing to do with New Hope being in need. This has to do with what God has called us to do as believers. Amen? And so I'm glad that you're here. Listen, if you've missed any of these messages this year, uh, uh, week one was more in 2024. That's our theme for this year. That's online. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that. And then last week's part one, if you, if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, make sure you go on today or tomorrow, listen or watch that and get caught up. Uh, not that you will be lost at all. Uh, but it will be beneficial for you uh, to, to go on there. Um, today, if you're taking notes, which you should, because you might need this info later, uh, back of your bulletin will have a spot for notes. But glad you're here. You're looking good today. Hey, who's cold? All right. Um, if you're cold, what I told the serve team is just do a couple jumping jacks. You can do them right now. Anybody? And then that'll, that'll get you warmed up. Amen. But when it comes to money, what are you good at? That's my question today. What are you good at? Are you good at spending money? You're like, yeah, we're all good at spending money, Pastor Landon. Buying gifts, clicking buy now, going on Amazon. Uh, Are you good at spending money? Or are you that second person you're good at bargain hunting? You're still spending money, though, by the way. Right? If you go to a place, ladies and gentlemen, um, and it says 50% off, and you buy it, you still spent money. If you stayed home, guess what? Didn't spend any money. You didn't need 50% off of nothing. You saved money by staying home. You got a bargain. So I'm, I wore these today because I want to tell you, I, I like shoes. Anybody a shoe person? Oh, yeah, a couple of us. Howie's got some, he's got some nice shoes. I can't see them because they're camo, but I really like them. But I don't pay full price for shoes. So I go, and that's why these are ugly colors. Because I'm like, I like the comfort more than the color. So at Foot Locker, these were $150 shoes. I paid $50 at Foot Locker for these because no one liked the color. But I don't care because I'm a bargain hunter. Amen. But guess what? You're still spending money. Or are you the person who's good at saving? Any good savers out there? You're like, I'm good at saving. I'm not a big spender. I don't care about bargains. I just want money in my savings account. Anybody like that? You know that there's not a 
at least, and you might be able to correct me later, there's not a single Bible verse. But like I said, next week, bring a verse, show me, let me know if I'm wrong. But you know what? There's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about how to be great at giving. How to be great at giving. So this series is more than enough. We've been studying 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And like I said before, go online. Make sure you catch part one. We're on part two today. But Paul is writing to the Christians at Corinth, encouraging them to be generous like Jesus. So guess what? I'm going to be here today to encourage you to be generous like Jesus. The early, Christian, early Corinthian church, here's what Paul said to them in 2 Corinthians 8, 6. It says, so we urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Everybody say ministry of giving. You've heard of ministries before, haven't you? They're powerful. You've heard of praying is a spiritual thing, right? Fasting is spiritual. Reading the Word is spiritual. Going on a mission trip and serving is spiritual. Serving in the kids' room is very spiritual, especially with the two-year-olds. I have one at my house. I thought there was three of them, but there's only one. But says the ministry of giving, it's powerful. It's something spiritually we're encouraged to do. 2 Corinthians 8, 6, just the next verse over, it says this. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul was saying, you are good at this. You're good at this. You're excellent in this area. Faith, speaking, knowledge, enthusiasm, and love. Also, be gracious, have grace in your giving. Can I pray today? Lord, thank you for this message Lord, I pray that you would encourage the church. Lord, you are the greatest giver of all time and, in, and still are. For you gave your one and only son to us. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Paul is telling them you excel in faith. New Hope Church, you excel in your faith. I've met so many people in our church that have strengthened my faith. You excel in your speaking abilities, including amazing accents from all corners of the United States and Canada. 
You excel in your knowledge, enthusiasm, your love. Also excel in generosity. Can I pause the sermon for a moment? We are a generous church. But did you know if everyone gave, how our church would just excel and grow numerically and spiritually? Right? We've been hitting, um, for the last four months, we've been hitting plus 200 people here. You know that how many staff we could hire. You know how many services we could have if we continued to excel and be gracious in our giving. That's the lid we keep hitting every couple years. What if everyone gave? What if everyone did what God called them to do? And Paul is saying, be world-class givers. Sorry, my iPad's decided that it's not going to function properly. New Hope Church, be world-class givers. Be generous. Have you ever thought about giving something? You saw someone in need, or you're at the restaurant, and you're like, I want to give a really big tip today. Right? Have you ever thought about that before? And, and you felt this prompting to give something to somebody or bless this person, or you saw someone at the gas station, you're like, man, I, I should give them, I should pay for their gas, or I should pay for that table over there, their meal. You know how many times I've been at the roost and my meals paid for and I didn't know who it was? I, I lost count of how many times. Is that a pastor thing? Like, that people just pay for I'm like, I'm going to the roost today, just so everybody knows. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's, it's the shoes. But have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation like that where you were prompted to give something to somebody, and then you didn't? And then you walked away, you're like, Man, I don't know. I don't know if that was God or not. The devil is not going to, like, prompt you to give some, to somebody. If you are prompted to give, it's most likely God prompting you to give. Uh, a pastor friend of mine was here last Sunday. He sat just over here. And after church, he came up to me and he said, I want to bless a couple to go to the marriage conference. He handed me a $100 bill. Because guess what? God prompted him to be gracious in his giving. Listen, giving is not just to your local church. Yes, we, we believe that the tithe comes into the storehouse. That's the church in the New Testament. But we believe above and beyond the tithe that we can give generously to others. And so he came up and gave me this $100 bill. And a couple, a couple in our church came to mind. And I walked over to them and said, hey, here you go, your marriage conference is taken care of. Amen. So if you feel God, if you feel the prompting of something telling you to give, it's not the enemy. It's most likely God. There is a, a small chance it could be you, 
just doing it because you're like, I want to look good. That happens too, right? And so it's all about what comes from our heart when we are generous. And when God calls us to be generous, don't hesitate. You're like, but God, how am I going to? Listen, God's calling us to be faithful in what he calls us to do. Be great at being generous. Being great at something doesn't happen by accident. Have you noticed this? Like, it takes some work. It takes some planning. Right? Kobe Bryant, was, he wasn't just a phenomenal basketball player one day. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go in the NBA. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be one of the best basketball players of all time. It didn't just happen. He practiced. You know that there was a video I watched recently about Kobe Bryant. Um, he would go to school an hour and a half early and play basketball with the janitor before school. You're like, but you just see the highlight reels of his life, don't you? You're like, oh, man, he was amazing. I think oh, I could maybe do that. No, no, this guy planned to do what he did. Just like a brain surgeon. Imagine you needed brain surgery, and a guy just shows up. He's like, I'm going to be really good at brain surgery today. Well, where would you go to school? Well, I didn't go to school. I just so happened to see that you were on the docket today, and I came in, and I'm going to do brain surgery today. Are you going to let him do brain surgery? No. You're going to let the guy who's practiced year after year, decade after decade, it didn't just happen accidentally that he became a doctor. It didn't happen just accidentally that Kobe Bryant made it into the NBA. Practice, practice, practice. No one ever said, I accidentally became... Oh. I accidentally became a fill-in-the-blank. You know, you can start naming all of these things. No, it happened because... They planned for it. They practiced. We're not going to accidentally become generous givers. It's going to be something that we plan for. The reason why it doesn't accidentally happen, we were born in our nature. We were selfish beings, aren't we? Like, I don't know where Esther came up, knew the word mine, but it was like one of the first words she used. Mine, and she grabs stuff from people. Mine. I'm like, you are not allowed to say that word anymore, child. Mine. Right? You look at a group photo, and guess who you look at first? Yourself. Like, that's not a good photo. I'm like, I'll, 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 I'm not going to say who, but I'll look at these group photos. I'm like, that's an awesome photo. But then that person's like, no, it's not. I don't look good. I'm like, yeah, but everybody else looks good. You didn't plan. You didn't plan for this photo. You should have planned in advance. So we plan. I learned this from my good friend, Dan. I want to give you the five Ps really quickly. And this is what I've been working on this year. And uh, I've, I've done okay with it in the past, but I've noticed that... Um, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit more. So we have that. It says this, proper planning prevents poor performance. 
leave it up there just for a minute. So when we are, even in our giving, church, we plan to give. Like, well, I didn't have anything left over at the end of the week. I'll try next week. At our house, we budget. The first thing on our budget line in our house is our tithe. We talked about it a lot last week, so I'm not going to get into all of it. God is asking us for the first fruits. Tithing is just giving God 10% back for what he's blessed us with. Amen? And I believe giving is on top of our tithe. Tithing is really the baseline. We get paid, we tithe. That's just a thing that Christians do. So we properly plan for it. Proper planning prevents poor performance. I don't know about you, but in 2024, I want to excel this year. Anybody else with me on that? I want more in 2024. So I'm going to do these five Ps. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Thank you, Dan. Dan the man, my good friend. Here's what Isaiah says about it. Look at this. Isaiah 32, 8 says this. Look, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. I might not have put it in there, so I apologize. Generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Since I was 18 years old, guess what my what I planned and I stand, stood firm in? Tithing. Giving the first 10 to the Lord. Now, I'm not a perfect human being. Ask my wife. She knows this, thing. She knows this about me, that I'm not perfect. So there's maybe been a few times where it was late or, you know, we didn't calculate it properly. But my goal was to plan ahead and to be generous and to stand firm in my generosity. Most people plan, you plan, listen, who plans for vacation? Come on, be honest. You're like, I'm pl-. you got to get time off work, right? You got to tell them what's going on. You got to save up, right? Some of us save up. You're like, I'm just going to get another credit card. Some of us save up. We plan where we're going. We, we plan where we're staying, most of us, right? We plan all of these things out. If we're building a home, we plan the home. We, we, if we're remodeling our kitchen, we remodel it. We plan ahead what it's going to look like, the furnishings, all of those things. But then some of us Christians are like, well, I'll just give randomly. I don't need to plan that stuff out. That should be the first thing we plan. Everything should come out of that planning a lot of people don't plan to give. They just give spontaneously, which that's also a good thing, and we'll be talking about that today. But the difference between giving and being generous is this. Giving is what we do. Generosity is who we are. Giving is what we do. Generous, being generous, is who we are. Like, you're like, Pastor Landon, this is the first time I've come to church in a few weeks, and we're talking about money. I think it's important stuff. Don't you? Giving is an action. Generosity is our mindset. It can be a heart issue. 
And maybe God today is knocking on the door and saying, hey, this is something you got to listen to. So we need to plan and stand firm in our generosity. And what I want to do today before you go is I want to give you three qualities of generous people. So maybe today you're like, well, um, I'm kind of like that. I'm kind of like that. Oh, I think I could use some work over here. I am not here today to shame someone into giving. I'm here to speak a message I believe the Lord has given me to give you. Number one, generous people give willingly. Generous people give willingly. Look at, look at the verse and write that down. Generous people give willingly. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? Come on. Amen. We smile when we give. We're, we're cheerful. We're joyous because God has given us, so therefore now we can give out of the abundance that God has put on our life. Because God has given us more than enough. 2 Corinthians, remember we're talking about 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. 8, uh, 10 to 12 says, Last year you were the first, not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Verse 11, now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Verse 12, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not acceptable to what one does not have. Are you willing? Generous people are willing, which means I am standing here saying, God, I'm willing to do what you've called me to do. I am willing. God isn't just concerned with the amount, but he's concerned with the heart behind what we do and give. You know, I, we, at our church here, um, we don't hold your foot to a fire to give. If you've been at New Hope for a while, you've probably noticed this, uh, that, that we're not pressure salesmen at, at our church. I've been to churches where it's every Sunday, they're just knocking you over the head. Oh, we need money. We need money. I believe that God is so generous that he's blessed this church, that he'll continue to bless it even if nobody gives. But we should be giving and we should be willing to give. We ended yet another year in the black at New Hope Church. Amen. which means we spent less than was given. Amen? And then we gave out, and we'll talk more of these numbers when we have our annual business meeting, but we, we, we also blessed people with what came in. It didn't just take care of these facilities and staff. That, that then we pass it on. We pay it forward, and we bless others with what God has blessed us with. Someone could give a bigger gift with wrong motives, and not be generous, right? Someone could give a smaller gift with right motives and be more generous. You ever see these people on, on Facebook? They're out giving people money in public. 
Everybody see these? No one goes on Facebook anymore? Sweet. Shut it down. Woo. Anyway, they go out and they, guess what? They give this money to people and they want people to see the reaction. Is it the right motive? They just want people to click on their video. Like, oh, they cried. They even cried. What are the motives behind our giving? It's not just about the amount. It's about the heart. Man, when I was first here as pastor, it was probably six months in as uh, a fresh pastor off the bus in Frostproof, Florida. We were downtown and uh, at, a, at a building there. Um, it was awesome. And we had uh, this new family come into church. They were probably like three, four years younger than myself, and they had three kids. And um, they, they just started coming to church, started understanding the Lord. They got saved. Um, this, one of the spouses got baptized. And then they told me this story later. God started working on them about being willing to give. And one Sunday, God asked them to give six dollars. Now, six dollars to you or me might be like, oh, that's, you know, that's now like a, a burger at McDonald's, right? You know, or a half a burger in this economy. You might get a water, an ice water now for that, right? Um, and so they have, they, they, they had their budget for the week and they hadn't yet put in their budget at the top tithing yet. So God said, will you give $6? And they told me, they said, we had everything budgeted for the week. We had, I, I forget the amount, but the $6 was an important part of the budget. But guess what? They were willing. They gave $6 to the Lord. And you know, by the end of that service, they got like what I call Pentecostal handshakes. You know what that is? When someone comes up to you at church with cash and they, they hand, give you a handshake and you get money. You remember those, Vern, don't you? Yeah, Vern probably still does those. Everybody's going to go shake your hand after church. <laughs> He's like, And by the end of church, two, two different families gave them a total of $120 and blessed them. So they were willing. You know what? That doesn't always happen, right? Like, Pastor Landon, you sound like one of those guys on TV. If you give this, then you get this. That doesn't always happen. But you know what I love about the Lord? When someone like that who's just stepping out for the first time, God's going to show them, like, hey, I'm going to take care of you, right? You're now under my umbrella. We had, a, we had a show in Canada under the umbrella tree. You remember that one? And there was this big umbrella. But guess what? When we give, we are now under God's protection. We're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself in the right place. And that was $6 for them. Isn't that amazing? They were willing. It wasn't about the amount. It was about the heart. All 
All right, second one. Generous, so this first one, generous people are, uh, give willingly. Number two, generous people give proportionately. Everybody say that one. Most of you did really well with that word. One person can give $10, and that's incredibly generous. One person can give $10,000, and it's not generous, right? Because it's proportion. You remember back in the 90s, there was a show, the Oprah Winfrey show? She's like, everybody gets a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. That'd be like me giving out Pez candies to everybody at church. But it seemed to us like, whoa, that's really generous. If I gave out a car, that would be so generous. But someone, it's proportionately. Maybe that's why one reason why Paul said this, Second uh, Corinthians 8, 11 to 12. We just read it in another translation, but here's what it says. It says, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your what? Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Give in proportion to what God has given you. We get this portion, right? Some folks don't believe that tithing is a New Testament thing. Last week, we squashed that idea. So make sure you go back, because I'm not going to rehash that message, but go back. We teach on that from last week, but we prioritize our portion. And Paul's going to teach us something that's biblical in the Old Testament as well. Look what it says in Leviticus 27:30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The word tithe means 10%. Like Pastor Landon isn't giving and tithing the same thing. I don't believe so. I believe there's giving. And that's what God's just saying, hey, as believers, that's what we do. That's who we are. And then giving is above and beyond that. But that tithing is our 10%. It belongs to God. You know, the first time some of you may have heard this at church, this tithing idea, you're like, are you serious? I make X and I have to give 10% of X? So imagine you make $4,000 a month. That's $400 God is asking me to give. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, isn't it? But where would you be and would you have that money without God? And here's another crazy idea. Are you telling me that God wants to arrange my life around him? Are you serious? I'm a believer. I understand that. I made God the Lord of my life, but I should arrange my stuff around him? Oh, yeah. That's what he's calling us to do. I, pr- I prioritize, as a believer, my life around him and what he's calling me to do. Because I can do more with 90% in God's kingdom and with him 
than I can do with 100% of my income outside of God. And guess what, church? You choose. Isn't that great? We live in a free place. We live in a free country. We live in a place that's blessed beyond. Because what? We have a whole country full of tithers. Right? Predominantly, uh, America was birthed by believers. And guess what those believers did? They built churches and hospitals and schools. And this nation was the most blessed nation that the planet Earth has ever seen. Bar none. Why? I believe in part because believers gave their tithe. And God says, oh, America, well, I can bless them. They, a lot of those people tithe. They'll do with what I give them. They'll do good things with it. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Everybody's getting quiet now. Right? They're like, man, I can't believe this. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. First fruits. I started giving. We started giving. You started giving. Whoever started giving, you can pinpoint the week or the month in your life when you started giving, and you can see a shift in your life because you're saying, I want to be faithful to the Lord in proportion. I want to be willing. I want to give and then some of us are like, well, I can't give 10%, so I just won't give anything. And guess what? You're kind of training yourself to not be generous. Well, I can't, I can't meet that bar. What if you just started somewhere? Amen? What if you started somewhere? Train yourself to be generous. It's fun to be generous. Amen? My goodness, it's fun to be generous. I remember when I was 22 years old, freshly married. We've been married about a year and a half. And I had, I told you about the car last week, I had a 1997 Ford Escort coupe. My wife was telling me a story about this car. Um, one time we were coming home from the grocery store and uh, we, we realized when we took a right turn, the back door would open. And then when we took a left turn, the left door would open. Pretty awesome car. And so Tara's in the back seat with the groceries and her hands like stretched across. <clears throat> Trying to keep those doors closed. It was awesome. I wish we would have had Instagram or Facebook back then. It would have gone viral. We would have made a lot of money. And then we would have tithed, of course, off of it. <clears throat> well, why I say that? The doors were fixed. And then, you know what? I got to be generous with that car. We needed something a little different, and it was still a good car. We could have sold it. And at 22 years old, I gave away my, my first car. It was the coolest thing ever, and I'm not here to, like, brag. It was a long time ago. I gave it to a family member who was in need of a vehicle, 
And it was amazing to give away a car. And it was sacrificial. And that's what it gets us to this last one. Number three, generous people give sacrificially. Is that a plane or is that this? Okay. Generous people give sacrificially. Everybody say sacrificially. <clears throat> Listen, I could have went on vacation with the money from the sale of the car. I could have done something with it. But I gave away the car because I felt like God was calling me to do it, to be sacrificial in my giving. <clears throat> we don't just give when it's easy. We don't just give church when it's comfortable. Like, oh, I can give today. Like, you know, I just got my taxes back. It's going to be easy. Before I go and waste all the rest of it, I can give today. <clears throat> Jesus told a powerful story about a poor widow who gave sacrificially. Look at this. And you've probably heard this story before. I referred to it last week. Mark twelve forty one to 44 it says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box. Imagine Jesus being out there today at the buckets, right? If you're new at New Hope, we, we give after church. We have white buckets. Imagine Jesus standing close by the white buckets today on your way out. He, always, he obviously sees what you give or what you don't give. But. So Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. <clears throat> Many rich people put in large amounts. Easy for them, right? Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, he may have had to have been quiet because people were maybe still going, by. look, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all of the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. She gave sacrificially. Amen? So imagine this for a moment. And this isn't in the message, but I, 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 I got a word about this. Imagine in 2024 saying, God, just like the poor widow, everything I have is yours. She may have physically put it in the box. But some of us as believers, we have that two-year-old mindset that says, mine. Mine. I need this. I need that. No, no, you want this, and you want that. What if we sacrificially today say, God, everything I have is yours. And I'm not even talking about tithing now or giving to a church. I'm specifically talking about now 100% of what you have. God, it's all yours. Isn't that what we do when we give our life to Jesus in salvation? We say, God, everything is yours. But what if today you say, God, my car is yours, my house is yours, 
My budget is yours to help me figure out. And good Lord knows the debt, Lord, is yours. Because <laughs> too many of us are in too much debt. That's why we're like, we can't give, some of us. Because we have so much debt. We're like, I don't know if I could tithe because I've got to pay for this thing. I've got a car note. I've got to do all these things. But what if in 2024 we just say, God, it's all yours. Give me wisdom to know what to do with it. And let me be sacrificial in what you've called me to do with it. You cannot outgive God. Amen? So go back to the story of me giving a car away. Remember that? It was green. It was not a beautiful car, but it worked. Gave this car away. You know that since I gave that car away, I kind of started tallying up what happened since then with cars. And I didn't give it for this purpose. But since then, I've been given two cars. Give, been given money for, to pay for half of a car. My cars have lasted very, very, very long. The one I just gave up recently was like 195,000 miles on it, it, and it still worked. You cannot outgive God. Amen? When we give sacrificially, when we give generously, when we give willingly, we still cannot outgive God because He owns it all. And guess what the Bible says? He will open, just watch, test him. The Bible says to test him in this. He will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing. Amen. Can we stand for a moment today? When it comes to your money, God never says, be great at spending. Be great at deals. Be great at storing up treasures here on earth. He didn't say any of that, did he? He said, be great at giving. Giving is a spiritual act. And it's furthering, and it's a ministry. It's furthering the work of the gospel of Jesus here on earth. It's storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't get in and destroy and Paul, remember, is saying, now finish the ministry of giving. Now today you're like, Pastor Landon, you're going to have to tell me what to give to. I believe that God can tell you. 